Hello and welcome to Season 3 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is We Are Vikings by Peyton Parrish. And it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Tiffany South. So Tiffany grew up in Cumberland, Iowa, and has been around the sport her entire life. She moved to New Mexico and got into coaching. Tiffany started as a youth coach before moving into the club scene. She then became the first female assistant coach in the state of New Mexico. Shortly after COVID, Tiffany moved back to Southwest Iowa and is now the head coach of the Southwest Area Wrestling Team, or SWAT for short. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Tiffany South. For starters, I want to know a little bit more about Tiffany South. Okay. <laughs> There's so, a lot. It's not going to be a great so, conversation. Yeah, well, um, I guess, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? And and sort of just start from the beginning, I suppose. Okay. Um. So, yeah. I am a Southwest Iowa girl. I'm from Southwest oh. Iowa. Um, I grew up in Cumberland, which is uh, 250 people. Wow. And when I was growing up, it was mostly my relation. Like, it's like one of those things. And um, I'm the oldest. I have two little brothers. Mm-hmm. They're not little anymore. They beat on me constantly. Um, <laughs> They retaliate for like the, you know, Mm-hmm. 13 years that I was bigger than them and now I have like 40 plus years of retaliation I did not think that through very well um but so my youngest brother is Garrett South he's a uh do you have you heard of him mm-hmm. no yes, yes. Okay. I, have a, yeah, I have a question yeah. about him actually okay lovely yeah most people have heard about him so um but my dad is the forefather like he is the one that started everything we had wrestling mats in our basement we and then he built a wrestling shed outside and um I tried wrestling one time in third grade and my parents were like it's not for you it's not a girl's sport these are boys so that's the only reason I wasn't allowed to wrestle but keep in mind I'm old so that was a long time ago. Um, and then, so like I grew up, my dad would do old timer tournaments and my, then my brothers were in little kid tournaments. We spent all winter doing wrestling stuff. And um, then I was a manager in high school and I was always on the mat, like coaching with the coach, my brothers and everybody. And then Garrett went to college and I moved to New Mexico. And so I was in New Mexico to be a New Mexico state police officer. And um, I was, ended up having four babies. I had two boys and two girls. And when my boys started to get to the age where they were wrestling, I went to practices and I was like, wow, these guys have zero clues on wrestling. Like it was Mm -hmm. awful. So I started coaching down there in the little kids realm, little in the youth. They don't call it peewee down there. They just call it youth. When mm-hmm. I said peewee, they looked at me really weird. And <laughs> <laughs> then like the mini peewee, they were like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> but um, so youth coaching led to me being recruited into a uh, um, club coach, which it's called 505 Club um, Wrestling Club down in New Mexico. And they have a whole bunch of wrestlers that have competed on the um, national level and um produce wrestlers state champions like they're really really good 
And Nathaniel Augustine graduated from Ohio State about the same time that Garrett graduated from Luther. And as a matter of fact, another coach from New Mexico came up to me when I was down there. Um, his name, or he coaches for Rio Rancho, and um, he wrestled for Adam State and actually wrestled my brother at Midlands Invitational. So he came up to me and he's like, south are you related to a garrett and i'm like what the heck in new mexico like for real <laughs> he's like yeah i wrestled him at midlands and i was like oh how'd that go he's like he beat me and i was like oh i want to say i'm sorry but i'm not like <laughs> I don't know what it's you know? mm -hmm. and um so that was kind of funny but anyway so after the club experience then one of my really good wrestling coach partners was hired on as a head varsity coach at high school and he asked me to be one of his assistants so then I was the first female to be an assistant coach in New Mexico um, of a boys slash girls team in Albuquerque High School and so um COVID happened and so I um ended up coming back because all the kids were kept out of school for a whole year down there and then they found out that I was back and they were sanctioning wrestling and they're like, we need you to be our coach. And so I was like, okay, so here I am. And where, where are you at now? I'm in Anita, Iowa. Okay. I actually live in um, my high school wrestling coach, um, his house. Really? His, yeah, he passed away like five years ago. Um, his name was Rex Mirhoff. Jason Mirhoff is the coach for Carlisle High School Wrestling. It's his dad. And oh, um, yeah, so he passed away and they hadn't really done anything in the house. They found out I was moving back and they're like, we'll clean it out. We need to do whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. cause we're like, we're all family. So, but yeah, oh, I got to turn this off. We're gonna have minions screaming the whole time. Okay. Yeah, so that's my background. And I've just always been around wrestling mm -hmm. and in college I played rugby um I went to college to play softball at Simpson College but then I hated it and so I transferred to you you and I and I um had this little slip of paper and my mailbox I was like are you a tough girl do you wish you could have played <laughs> sports that were contact and da, 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 come try rugby I was like I am a tough girl so I went and uh yeah so played rugby up there and we were national champions two years in a row and wow. uh yeah so it was fun we have two national champions in my family and then we yes. dedicated Christopher <laughs> my other brother um mom's national champion just because uh, so yeah. he felt like he was part of it that's very nice of you yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> um gosh yeah that's you know there's a lot of there's a lot there um Initially, my my thought was, have you ever seen them remember the Titans? Yes. So, you know, there's the coach um, and he has that daughter who has the blonde curly hair. And she's like always yep. freaking out in the that car. Was that was you. I, that's the, what I pictured when you kept when you were telling your story. I'm like, yeah, she's probably like. <laughs> oh, I was crazy. I knew all the moves I'd stand. And so then when I'd go to events, like um, people would be like you know your stuff huh and I'm like yeah 
I've been around it for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. What? So, yeah, but that was me minus the curly blonde hair. Like, I critiqued everything. So, yeah. Um, what, how did your dad get involved in it? Do you know kind of the origin there? Or? Yeah. Um. So, my dad's um mom, my grandma passed away. She wasn't supposed to live to be very old. Um, in fact, be able to have kids or anything, but she had three boys and then she passed away when he was 10. And um he and his other brother, one of them was a he, my youngest or uncle had like brain tumors and stuff, so he couldn't do too much. But my other uncle, Rhett, and my dad would use wrestling as a coping mechanism. Like like they got, but they were tiny. Like mm -hmm. my dad wrestled 98 pounds mm -hmm. like wow. up until i think his junior year he was at 125 and then his senior year he finally got up to like the 140s mm -hmm. but um now he's six foot one and still 140 like yeah. like <laughs> a twig um but so he just was always part of it and um it's so funny like there's so many backstories with all this stuff but I started in high school, I dated a kid named um, Zeb Evans from Lennox. And come to find out his dad was who beat my dad in wrestling to go to state. Wow. So then you dumped him? <laughs> no, then my dad and his dad became best friends and they hang out now. <laughs> wow. That's funny how that comes full circle <laughs> like that. <laughs> I know. Wow. Um how did you just kind of stick around the sport? You know, I mean, you, you were growing up and your parents were like, ah, no, I don't think you can do it, you know, but you still just hung around. Like what, what made well, you stick? I was forced to be my brother's partners. Like that oh. didn't stop. That was still part of the wrestling. Like I couldn't compete, mm -hmm. but I could be the one be like, Tiffany, get down. So the brothers can do this move on you. And so that was me. I was the wrestling dummy. And, oh. um, I just love it. I think it's an amazing sport. Like it, even though I didn't participate in it, I was still a part of it. I like got to see the discipline. I got to see everything that my brothers went through. I got to eat mashed potatoes while they were starving at Thanksgiving. Like, you know, those oh, yeah. kinds of things. <laughs> but um, so when I went into the state police academy and we were in defensive tactics, which is like ground control and that kind of thing. Like the instructors are like, they called me fresh off the farm. Okay. Cause I'm down in New Mexico or pig farmer. Those are my names. <laughs> recruit fresh off the farm or recruit pig farmer. And so they're like, fresh off the farm. Are you a freak of nature? How do you do this stuff? And I'm like, I grew up in a wrestling family. Like, this is what we do. If you have a dispute, you get down and you wrestle it out. Like, that's just the way it is. And so um, I just love it. And I mean, rugby and wrestling go 100% hand in hand. Like, everything about rugby tackling is wrestling. Like, it's nothing like football. Like, I have a hard time even watching football anymore after playing rugby because I'm like, oh, that's an illegal tackle. That's illegal. I, I just it hurts my body and um so like a lot of my really good rugby friends were also big time wrestlers so mm -hmm. it's just it's funny how that whole family thing keeps in play but it truly is like the wrestling family never goes away yeah did you ever 
were there ever times where you felt defeated or that you didn't know if you'd find your way in the sport or your role going through life? Multiple times. Like not even defeated, but just um, overlooked and under, what do you want to say? Not underappreciated, but underestimated. Mm-hmm. underestimated that's the right word mm-hmm. um like there's one time that I was um coaching because I was coaching high school as I was female the only one um up in the northern part because there's another girl that was became a coach right after I did in the southern part of the state and um I was coaching and I was disputing a call and he's like I only talk to coaches and I'm like I'm a coach and even the opposing team because I coached up in Santa Fe prior to, and I've been around it forever. Like anybody in New Mexico knows that I'm the loud Sandia coach, like that they know who I am. And so um, they, uh, he was like, well, I'm, I need to talk to the head coach. I was like, no, you don't. Like I am the coach in the corner and I can come to the table. And he refused to talk to me. And like, at that point I was like, what the heck like the only reason he did that was because I was a girl like there was absolutely no other reason that he would have done that and I'm okay like I was a police officer like I was underestimated a lot um but I never felt defeated I guess my um personality doesn't allow me to feel that way like I am a um school of hard knocks type person like I would rather learn from my lessons than get down on myself and feel defeated and um everything that underestimated me or anyone who underestimated me only pushed me harder to prove that I I knew what I was doing and that I belonged Mm -hmm. so that's I guess that was my follow-up question was how'd you stay motivated and it was the people who doubted you or who Mm-hmm. overlooked you or maybe not overlooked but you said underestimated you yes and it's funny because so real woods you know real woods okay um his dad and I coached together in New Mexico and that's how I have the real woods connection is through Ray and come to find out this summer Ray did not like me when he first met me and I was like <laughs> what? so likable what's wrong with you he's like well you walk in like you, you own the place and you don't take crap from anybody. And like, you just literally just do your thing. He's like, but then I realized that, you know what you're doing. And that's kind of what I do. And I realized you're probably one of the guys that I should be friends with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So at first I was hurt, but then I felt complimented. Like I was like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, You probably had to do that though. You probably had to project yourself like that in order to- you know, kind of command the room. Yeah. And so. I, yes. And multiple, like I said, being a police officer definitely helped. Like I, I walk with a purpose, like uh, there's very little about me that isn't with a purpose. And, and like I said, I've been, I've been through a lot of knocks, a lot of knocks, but every knock that I've gotten, I've really tried to, you know, God is trying to grow me somehow. And it's definitely, He's put me here for a reason. And right now I think it's to coach girls wrestling, even though it's been, oh, this year's been crazy. <laughs> and we're just getting started. <laughs> oh. 
Wow. Um, so how did you land in New Mexico? I think you may have touched on it. How'd you land in New Mexico to begin with? So um, when I was in college my last year, the governor, um, it's Terry Branstad, cut funding for um, uh, the state or the Iowa State Patrol funding mm -hmm. um, for any academies for four years. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in the Department of Criminal In Investigations, DCI. And so I was like, well, poop. So me being me researched the best law enforcement officer or uh, agencies in the nation and i wanted to go warm i hated the cold winters so um maryland was number one at the time and new mexico state police was number two and then texas rangers were number three so i applied for state police in new mexico the rangers and then also oklahoma state patrol and um new mexico got back to me first and i was a college kid so I had to make three trips down to mm -hmm. do all the testing and everything three um separate trips? huh three separate trips yeah Oof. for the initial interview and then for the PT test and the like psychological testing and then for the final chief's interview wow so yeah, it's pretty rigorous process, like the polygraph examination and like everything. And the thing is, my grandma and I would make the trip down. Like she oh, was, nice. yeah, she was awesome. She'd pay for for um lodging, and I paid for food, which did not work out very well in my favor because I was thinking Mickey D's, and she was not thinking Mickey D's by <laughs> any means. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I um had a rugby game I think it was like a regionals rugby game and I actually twisted my ankle real bad and then I had to go down and run a mile and a half oh in a high high altitude like it's literally higher than Denver and Santa Fe and um qualify for the state police qualification and at first they were like looking at me like sure sure we'll get you some ice and so I pulled off my ankle brace and like and they're like like oh my god how did you run on that <laughs> I like drove 900 miles I'm gonna run on it like that's just the thing it is happens you know and so that's how I ended up in New Mexico um, I was a police officer and a criminal investigator and a hostage negotiator um, and then I ended up getting sick and then I couldn't do it anymore so then I'm, I'm in car sales now. I do commercial sales still out of Albuquerque, New Mexico for a Ford dealership. Wait, you still work out of, how does that work? Yeah. Uh, I work from my computer. Like I do um, commercial sales. So it's, it's all sales that have to do with um, big companies that don't have to test drive or anything. They just send me what they want. And like New Mexico gas company is one of my big clients. Um, a whole state of New Mexico and part of Texas they cover. Same with Power New Mexico, which PNM. Um, and then I do a lot with like uh leasing companies. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. You you said you you got sick and you weren't able to, you know, you had to like transition. How devastating was that to to I mean it seemed like that was almost like your dream was to be DCI agent and um you know be a part of the state police and here comes yes, it was. It was my 
goal was to be the first female state police officer that was mm -hmm. the chief. And um, they have yet to be a female chief in New Mexico. Um, and it was. I um, was forced by, back in the day before we knew that they can't force you to get flu shots, I was forced to get a flu shot and I ended up with narcolepsy with cataplexy, which is where I fall asleep doing anything. And then if I experience a really strong emotion, I lose muscle control and I'll like sink to the ground. And at first I thought it was just um, working night shifts because I worked graveyard or I'd get called out on um, investigations or called out to do a hostage negotiation because it's literally the wild, wild west down there. Like I handled axings and I handled like the weirdest stuff that small town girl only saw on TV nor never heard about it, nothing. So um I thought I was just tired from that. And then, then I started falling down and then I was like, okay, something's wrong with me. And so I started researching it on Google <laughs> and <laughs> I came up with some good ideas of what it probably was. And then I went in for a sleep test and sure enough, it was like severe narcolepsy with cataplexy. So it's not something I can do as a police officer, because if I experience a really strong emotion, I can't. I literally can't function. And one of those emotions is um, adrenaline. And so even when my girls get a really good takedown or have a really good move and I get super excited, like I'll be like, Ooh. <laughs> like I almost feel like I'm going down, but yeah. So it's been something that I guess if I were to have a lifelong illness, having a sleeping illness is not that bad. Yeah, that's a, I guess a good way to look at it, you know, good perspective <laughs> on it, you know, um, but gosh, that had to be pretty, you know, how did you sort of handle that and move past it? Not well. Not well? Not well. I feel like this is something that could be applied to, you know, just anybody who listens or, you know, your athletes who deal with hard losses and not yeah. their goals, you know? Yeah, no, I crashed out pretty good. Like I, uh, went through a lot of like emotions and then I tell you I've had a weird at the same time like within three or four years after that I started having um I was a so I wasn't doing police work but I was doing federal investigations for the office of personnel management for the federal government doing like for department of energy and all those I was doing background investigations which was super boring which was part of the sleep issue too like I was like <laughs> I have narcolepsy if I fall asleep it's not because you're boring <laughs> they're boring but anyway um I uh at one point I my elbow swelled clear up and I lost like all the feeling in my hand and stuff and I was like that's weird and so I went to the doctor and it never it like wouldn't go away and so I went to doctor after doctor. One of the doctors was telling me that it was all in my head. She almost got taken down hardcore. Um, and then after that, finally got to a doctor and I had um, cubital tunnel syndrome, <laughs> which um, that and thoracic outlet. So I ended up having to have on both of my sides, my first rib removed. And that was all after. So it was just like a God was definitely trying to do something different in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, cause that was 
just equally as devastating because for the longest time, I didn't know what was wrong, but I was in tremendous pain all the time. And so, um, yeah. I don't know. Getting through all of that, I have really good family and I had an amazing support system in New Mexico. And so they definitely helped. Um, but ultimately, like, like I said, God had a purpose for me and all of this stuff that he has me go through is to help somebody at some point. So here I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have, what about how did how was wrestling impacted by all that you know we kind of talked about uh, it, but what about wrestling yeah I had to take time off um it was actually when Gavin was a eighth grader I couldn't coach I still went in and coached because actually being in the heat and loosening everything up um oh. it, it made it feel better mm-hmm. for a little while but then it would just cramp right back up and I'd be in pain again. And so um, I was out because of the surgeries for about a year. And then it was after that that I went into the club wrestling because I was actually um, at La Cueva High School. Um, I was one of the middle school coaches for their team. So um, I had a whole slew of kids that like to this day, call me and and text me and like I had one of my kids call me just two weeks ago because he thought that Gavin was going to be wrestling um at Highlands University because my son wrestles for Wayland Baptist in Texas and I was like oh no he blew out his knee so he's not wrestling but like Noah like he's always been there Zach another one is Declan is like one of my sons like literally one of my sons and so um they're just all kids that I've always been around and they've always been there to support me. It's been amazing. And then I have another girl that was over in, um, she now wrestles for Adam state and, um, she's really good. She's really, really good. Nicole Weissen. Um, and so anyway, it impacted me the fact that I was always there for those kids and not being able to be there during a lot of their time. Um, especially with my son wrestling too, it was hard, but I was there. And in fact, one of the tournaments was when I had surgery, Gavin was wrestling and, uh, I told him not to give me my cell phone, but they did. And, um, I was coming out of anesthesia and I'm texting the most weird stuff. Like how's Gavin? And then I was like, my God is Zod. And, and the rabbits are chasing. Like, I was like, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I wanted to know what Gavin was doing, you know, because being there always kills me. So yeah, it's just been, it's just been interesting because wrestling has definitely actually been my happy place through all of that. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where wrestling was like, not even an option or you didn't know if you were going to be able to get back on the mat at all or continue in the sport. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is like, I should have a lifetime movie, but so after my surgery, we also got in, we're coming home from Christmas in 2017 from um up here in Iowa. And it was really like, it started snowing south of Colorado Springs and we are coming around a curve 
after being up at the Garden of the Gods in um, Springs. <laughs> and um, everything was at a standstill. And we took out the back end of a semi-truck trailer going about 60 miles an hour. And I almost lost my son. Like I had all my police training went out the window when I, when I thought my son was dead in the back seat. And uh, my car was destroyed. It was a minivan. Um, they didn't have time to use a helicopter. So they ambulanced him out before all of us. And he was broken in five different places and all kinds. And then my other daughter had to have her leg reset. My son Gavin and I were the ones like pulling everybody out of the car. And, and so this was in January, mid wrestling season. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're at the hospital and Gavin and I are running from floor to floor because Aiden was in emergency surgeries and Lil was getting her leg reset. And um, one of the hospital people came up and they're like, um, when this is all, when everybody's out of surgery and everybody's doing okay, we, um, we're right next to the Olympic Training Center. Um, so we have Olympians come over and um, talk to like kids and families and stuff and that are going through a traumatic experience. And I was like, oh, okay. Like at the time I was like, okay. Like, you know, I was right. just whatever. And um, so the next day he comes up and is like, well, we were trying to get somebody to come over and we can only find this wrestler. And I was like, what? And, and then they're like, it's like a, a, Burroughs or like Jordan Burroughs and they're like you know who that is and I was like yeah he's a gold medalist Olympic wrestler like if you would have brought Matt Phelps over here I would have been pissed if Jordan was an option like for real and so they're like oh okay well this worked out perfectly you know and I was like yes it did so Jordan Burroughs and Chase Palmy and um one other guy I was sorry but um came over prayed over us um turned out that one of the the other kid wrestled Garrett in college so they all knew each other like and they hung around for a long time just we talked wrestling and just it was the coolest experience and so um but after that I didn't know if I was going to get back into it because I was at the club had two kids in wheelchairs I was in pain from like just the trauma of driving my car and almost killing people, my kids. And so, um, and ultimately there was nothing that we could have done. There was no forewarning to anything that was going on. And um, so the weird part about that whole thing, again, back to God, is um, after we hit the semi, there was an abandoned car on the um, fast lane passenger road of the side of the road um that stopped our momentum because if we would have hit the grass like from police background that's when cars roll because you know usually the tires are flat by then there's no rolling anymore you hit that grass and then you roll well Aiden would have for sure died like there's absolutely zero way he would have survived that because he was literally hanging out the side of the truck um car um and that they that abandoned car was never claimed by anyone like it was just put there to stop us. And really? so, yeah, never claimed. Like it was totaled out and nobody ever came and claimed it and said that was our car. I mean, it, it was a nice car. Like it was mm-hmm. like placed there to keep us intact. And uh, so like, that's just, we're here for a purpose. 
So I just keep going with that. And so after the club, I never went back to club wrestling because of all the, the crash and everything. But then that's when my really good friend Clem was hired as the Sandia coach. And he's like, I, I really want you to come coach with me. And so then I was like, okay. So that's where we were. So even through all the trials, like wrestling has always been the one thing that's been consistent for me. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that. That's, that's some heavy stuff, you know? I, know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking like the whole time, I'm just like, wow, this is, this is one strong woman. Like, go well, through and like continue trucking along and and holding things together your family holding yourself together like that's not yeah easy. no it's it's definitely not and I like I said it wasn't just me I had a lot of help mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and so that happened and 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 you were hesitant sounds like a little bit to get back into the sport but then once you did was it just like a big um weight off your shoulders where you just felt like you know you go yeah like not maybe not a weight off my shoulders but I yeah. felt like I was back where I belonged like mm -hmm. um even like mom we had a GoFundMe page for the crash and um like we had so many wrestling like Beast Wrestling Club out in New Mexico that's Ray Woods's they donated to us like the whole wrestling community like just came and was there for us so it was pretty awesome yeah is that the that makes me cry <laughs> no i tried so hard not to you're doing really well yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow um and so you kind of got back in the sport and then covid happened how did that you know there's another thing that kind of threw you another i know so long story short about me we'll make this real short I was married three times divorced three times I have four kids moral of the story for anybody out there police officers shouldn't marry other police officers because it's two control freaks in one relationship <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I have my two boys are with my first ex-husband and I have a daughter with my second and then a daughter with my third and so my two girls I have all the time like this just all the time but um my boys's dad um has always been really involved and um the girls' dad too but just not as much as the boys's because mm -hmm. i've always felt that the boys need to have a man you know to guide them as well and uh so plus uh, gavin it was his senior year and so he was and then aiden was staying but literally the governor said we we're gonna we had to homeschool our kids and I was like well if I want my kids to survive through 2020 I should probably figure something out because if I have to homeschool them there will not be survival of children because <laughs> I have zero patience in that aspect especially with my own kids um so we made a decision that they were going to go up and stay with my mom and dad and go to school. So I was going back and forth to Iowa every month. I'd go up for a week and then come back for two weeks and then go up for a week and then come back for two weeks. Um, wow. to So that I, I mean, 
momming in two different places. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and then ultimately we just made the decision that I was going to move to Iowa. And then Aiden was going to do his junior year in New Mexico and then his senior year in Iowa so that he could attend Iowa State. And so that's how we ended up back in Iowa. And um, it's been a weird reverse culture shock, like coming back to small town Iowa after being in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It's just like, you don't hear sirens anymore. Like I, I don't have to like lock my house if I don't need to, you know, and it's Albuquerque's rough, like a rough, rough, rough city. And um, so it's been kind of weird just coming back to where everybody knows your business all the time. Mm -hmm. Every move you make, every breath you take, they'll be watching you like that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get up then with with SWAT with the Southwest Area Team which is kind of funny that that's the acronym because you know you were a police officer and involved in all that and so of course of course you would find a wrestling club a wrestling team founded called SWAT so right <laughs> Well, um, well, it's my hometown area. So of course they knew I knew wrestling and that I coached wrestling. And so even when I wasn't living up here, but I'd come up to visit, I'd help out every once in a while with the girls up here um, that before it was a girls sport. And even the boys, I'd go into the boys' practice because Gavin was usually with me and we'd go in and I'd work with them. And um, so when I when they found out that I possibly was moving up here, the girls like really started talking to me and I would literally be trying to coach them over FaceTime. They'd call me and be like, hey, Coach Tiffany, can you show us how to do this? And I'm like, I don't have anybody. So I grab my three-legged cat and I'm like, okay, <laughs> pretend she has a leg right here, right? And I like come under and I'm like coming behind her head and my cat's all like this. And I'm like, this is a hat, okay? <laughs> trying to figure out how to show these girls how to do it. But um. And they just latched on. And so then when it came around, there was a really big push for me to be the head coach. And ultimately there's really not a lot of options. So it was kind of a shoe in the bag, but um, mm -hmm. ever since then, it's just been awesome. Like I have had tons of compliments. I've had, I get compliments on my team. I'm in very no nonsense. Like it's like being in the military like a fun military but a military <laughs> and uh I, I do not put up with drama I don't put up with anything like the girls are legit respectfully fearful of me like they absolutely love me which I love but they also are completely afraid of upsetting coach Tiffany and I think that's what makes a really good coach personally like that's my any coach that came alongside me and also I didn't want to disappoint mm -hmm. was one of my favorite coaches ever so that's what I try to be is that that kind of a coach mm -hmm. and um my coaching philosophy for wrestling has always been um not everybody's built the same not everybody moves the same not everybody can do moves that other people can do like there's no one way to coach wrestling and the more people you have influenced your wrestling career, the better a wrestler you're going to be. Because I've had lots of wrestling coaches that I've been around that they're like, oh, we're this kind of wrestler, this this kind of, this is, you know, hardcore 
let's just say Spartan wrestling and you only wrestle this way and this is how we wrestle and that doesn't work for everybody. In fact, it's really bad for others that could be more scrappy or whatever, you know? And so my goal is always to coach the girls to their abilities and to have them be their type of wrestler and um, just to try and make them the best athlete they can be with what God gave them to participate with. And so um, that's ultimately, I think, and the girls feel free in our room. Like they, like we have, we literally have four heavyweights on our team. Like wow, that is unheard of in girls wrestling. Four heavyweights. Girls feel confident enough to come out, and you know, weigh, weighing over one hundred ninety pounds, and and participating in one of the hardest sports ever. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's really cool. Like we are stacked in the upper weights. Like we are our top three weight classes all qualified for state and two of the three placed as state and for for 235, 190, and 170. So it's like we have a good solid upper weight room. And that's where getting the right coaches on my staff come into play. Um of course my dad's one of my assistants. <laughs> man started it all yeah um, he's literally an encyclopedia wrestling like one of the atlantic coaches like that's like literally coach south is an encyclopedia wrestling like he knows a move or a counter move for every little thing that happens he even makes up his own moves like that's just how he is and um then my other coach is um tyler south who is my cousin who wrestled Garrett all through high school and youth and they were the same age his older brother Sean South so if we see a common theme here it's Tiffany South Ryan South Tyler South Sean South and then my other one is Clark Gerlock and he was a state champion I believe in 2005 and um I think it was 189 pounds and I'm sorry Clark if I'm getting this wrong but um he's a big boy and so he works with all the bigger girls and he has two daughters that weigh 190. And so he goes in and he's been amazing because he's still out there. Rolling. All of our coaches roll around and I don't know if you've seen that um, stand-up comedian. I can't remember, but he talks about that Steve that comes in and wrestles and, and he's a farmer, Steve. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to send that to you because that's my wrestling staff. Like it's, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and they're amazing. At first, them coaching girls, because I was like, it's different, but it's super fun. Like, you'll have fun. Tyler came in the room, and he was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. They never stop talking. Like, they're drilling, and they're talking. They're wrestling, and they're talking. They're running, and they're talking. I'm like, oh, I they're girls like that's what they do you know and and now I don't think they'd trade it for the world any of them like they just absolutely like Sean South um was coaching with the boys last year and he's like can I come coach with you because he has a daughter wrestling like I mean I don't mean to steal the boys coaches but it's just (laughs) really fun environment so you know what I mean it's just it's really fun we have a good time Mm -hmm. awesome yeah I've I've I see it too when you watch it and just the excitement that they have 
when they win or when they wrestle, just all of it, you know, from team, you know, the teams in the corner, it just, there's just the camaraderie, not just for each team, but for the sport as a whole, like, it almost seems like everyone's cheering on everybody. And, and it's yeah. just, I don't know, it's, it's different, but it's cool. It's, it's just awesome. I don't know. Contagion. I love it. And it, yeah, it's so funny. Cause the other night we were dueling a team. I won't mention who it was, but, um, one of the, uh, my wrestler was out there and um she like looks at the girl it's second period like it just started second period and Rhea says something to her and then they both smile and they reshake hands and then they start wrestling again and <laughs> afterwards I was like what were you doing she's like did you not hear her coach he is so mean and he was yelling at her and saying all these mean things I just go you're doing a really good job keep going and um and the girl smiled and then they shook hands and then they started wrestling again you know and I was like good for you honey like that is amazing that mm -hmm. is what I want to create is that environment so like even with the parents, my parents know that if they get unruly, they're going to get called out. And I've had to do it three times already where I'm like, Sloan. like, and they're like, nice <laughs> so yeah, well, the referees appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah. There's absolutely nothing to gain from yelling at referees, zero right. things to gain. Mm -hmm. So that's like, I was like, if anybody's going to get kicked out of a tournament, it's going to be me. Like, and that's not you. Like, that's my job to get kicked out. Not your job. And which it happened one time. I was going to ask. Okay. It happened once. Okay. <laughs> um, we're AAU state last year. And uh, it was actually my daughter wrestling, which of course was my daughter wrestling. It couldn't have been somebody else wrestling. Right. But, um, <laughs> So my daughter, Nadia, is like a beast. Like she has three older siblings that she's always been beat up on, you know, like nothing. It takes a lot for her to get hurt. And she was crying out. And I was like, hey, stop the match, you know. And and he looked down. He's like, I was like, stop the match. And he's like, it's not illegal. And so I ran out because she was like, literally, and I take Nadia and I flip the girl off. And I was like, it may not be illegal, but it's potentially dangerous. And if she's crying out, what does it hurt to stop the match? Right. And um, and then I went and sat down. And uh, and then he goes to the head table and he does this whole thing, and then he comes over and he's all you her old baseball style, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So he's like, make sure she leaves the building. So I go straight to the head table and I'm like, hey, Troll. Am I gonna kick out the tournament? Is there any way I can say it, please? And so <laughs> he went over and was like, she won't be on the floor anymore, but I'm not kicking her out of the building. She's gonna be up in the stands. And he's like, okay. And so after it was all said and done, I went and found the girl. And I was like, hey, you're an amazing wrestler. That was nothing against you. I was like, I like, um, I don't like it when kids get hurt. I go in and I know the ones that fake it. I go in and she doesn't fake it. I go, but I am so sorry that that happened during your match. And she was like, it's okay. It's okay. And I was like, okay. I was like, now can you point me out to your parents, please? <laughs> so then yeah. I, went, I found her parents. I'm like, 
I'm so sorry that that happened during your daughter's match. And I did not mean any disrespect. I just don't want girls to get hurt. And um, he's like, no. And I was like, and I go, um, your daughter's an amazing wrestler. And he goes, and so is yours. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I was like, and he's like, apology totally accepted. I'm like, okay. So then I had to go find the referee. And then I go find him and I'm like, hey. And he's like, and the whole time he looked defeated. Like after he kicked me out, like I think that the head table must have been like, no, she's a decent human being. Like that's not in her nature. Like something was said that he looked really sad, like that that whole scenario even happened. Right. And so uh, I was like, hey, I know you were just doing your job. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, it's hard being a referee. I understand it. I've done youth tournaments where I'm like, oh my gosh, the pressure, like, and you're at a state level. Like it's, I go, I, I didn't mean to disrespect you. I go, I just don't want my kids to get hurt. And he's like, thank you. He's like, and I'm so sorry that happened too. So like full circle, moral of the story is you can go out and stand up for yourself or your kids, but then accept the fact that he was doing the best he could in that situation as well. And we're all human. So Ultimately, there were no enemies after all of that. And it's funny because now whenever that little girl com comes up and sees us, she comes and gives us big hugs. It's so <laughs> cute. Oh, I'm like, oh, hello. You know, so that's how girls wrestling is. Like, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of like the whole culture of changing the way everyone thinks about it is most of the people out there aren't going to be like jerks. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I've only come across like maybe three and a couple of them are from the same team. I don't like them at all. <laughs> and I'm like most people. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I've been doing this for I'm going on three years now, two years, I guess. Um, and so I've met 150 people or so and yeah, they've all been fantastic. <laughs> you know yeah yeah you. the majority the vast majority are pretty pretty amazing people of course you're you're always going to have those you know cocky yep people that think their poo doesn't smell bad and yeah. i'm sure it's just as bad as mine so. <laughs> yeah um yeah was there ever a point where you thought that you made it that you were like all right i i am in this sport like I made a name for myself I I made it I did it I had two two points like so in New Mexico um the point down there was when the news station started calling me for my input on girls wrestling getting sanctioned and I was like oh okay like that's cool you know like i so I was on TV. I was like the token wrestling coach that would speak about girls wrestling being sanctioned. So, and then, so, and plus everybody knew me down there. I was like the mom coach. Like I coached everybody. I do not, if I see something on the mat, I'll go find you and I'll be like, Hey, Hey, this is, if you do this or da, da, da. if you act a fool on the mat, I'll find you and I'll go, Hey, <laughs> If I were a recruiter in the stands and I saw you doing that, I was like, even if you're an amazing wrestler, I would not recruit you. I was like, so just think about those things when you want to act silly. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. 
only one time did I get a call from a mom that was pissed off that I had like talked to their kid about that, you know, like, really? Okay, go ahead. Let him act a fool in the bath then, you know, but the funny thing is, is that kid was so apologetic and his dad was like, I'm sorry that she called you like <laughs> and complained to the school and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, and then in Iowa, I've only been here for a year, but, um, I got called last week by the National Wrestling Coaches Association to be a mentor for um, clinics throughout Iowa wow. for girls wrestling. Congratulations. And then I <laughs> Thanks. That I was highly recommended by the state of Iowa. When they called, they said they were asking, they're like, the girl you need to talk to is Tiffany South. That's who you have to talk to. And I think the reason is, is because I took a sport. I mean, I took five teams from five different schools and was able to get and the small schools from the western side of the state. I didn't know that there was this east-west thing because I've been gone for too long. Mm -hmm. But now that I see the difference in the wrestling, it's like, okay, there's an east-west thing for sure. But um, we placed 16th at state. And like we were a force to be reckoned with where when they denounced their name you could hear people go swat what is swat and by the time they got to, we got to state they were like we don't want to wrestle swat like we don't want to wrestle the swat girls like and mm -hmm. that i think that says a lot too like that we weren't most people think we're a club until you know like I'm like no we're a school it's just when the sport came to be and I knew I had five schools. I didn't think it was fair for the other four schools to have to wear one school color and associate as that team when they have to play them in all the other sports. And in order for our fans to have gear, I knew they weren't going to be wrestling, wearing cam girls wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, or it'd be it'd actually be like cam Atlantic, Griswold, Norway Valley, like Southwest Valley. Like it'd be like the longest <laughs> yeah. acronym ever. So actually my assistant coach, came up um matt lundquist at the time he came up with swag southwest area girls the swag has multiple meanings one mm -hmm. of them's not the greatest so i played off of his and i was like well what about swat like that's like that's super cool like the swat mm -hmm. team that's who you call yep. when you want to take care of business you know yes. and um and so the girls voted and swat won nice. and then it was time for our mascot coach tiffany is very influential like i like i want to be the valkyrie the valkyrie is the coolest one don't think of any other thing but the valkyrie because that's the coolest one and so we were the valkyrie and then um they voted colors i was not as influential on that one so our colors are like this raspberry pink that you can never find anywhere ever 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 and um black and silver yeah mm -hmm. so yeah it's fun <laughs> How did you get the word out to all these different areas that you wanted to have a wrestling team? I mean, cause you, you started out with five, right? Five different schools. I mean, how did that even become about that? You were, who'd you talk to all the ADs or I'm just oh, I'm trying to wrap my head around how all five of these came together 
to not form easily. Heat. Yeah. It was like mixing water and oil, and it still is sometimes. But um, like as a coach, I'm supposed to know five different schools policies on code of conduct and five different transportation policies and five different this five different that and I'm like you're crazy like no mm -hmm. no <laughs> I'm not doing that and once again I'm a no-nonsense person so I've been called meetings with principals and ADs and I'm like listen here suckers this is not how it's going down like I'm not putting up with this crap and but I had like clinic or like, we knew it was being sanctioned before school got out. So I went in and uh, they knew I, I wasn't hired yet, but they knew, I knew I was going to be the coach. So before school on out, I went to every school and said, hey, this is coming around. So if you're interested in wrestling and every single school had girls who were already wrestling. So that helped. Like I got to meet the girls that had been wrestling on the boys team because that's what it was legitimately like and um and then they started recruiting and so the first year out we ended up by the end of the season we had 22 girls and um out of those five schools in high school and then we lost the two schools southwest valley now has their own team Griswold was with red oak um because we grew so fast like it was better for them to have more opportunities to wrestle and Red Oak, which is where they wanted to be in the first place. It, I don't know how they got roped into the cooperative. But um, then this year, we had, including middle school, um, we have almost 50 girls in the room. And wow. so, yeah, it is growing. And literally, they're asking by the daily to come out because they see our team and they want what we have. Like, it's and it's funny because we get we get discouraged every step of the way for doing what we're doing. Like, you don't need to have team bonding. You just need to coach. No, that's not how I coach. Like, I have to have a bonded team in order to have a successful team. So no, you don't need to have kids over to your house to have a bonfire or whatever. No, because they need to trust me. They need to know that I'm there for them. I mm. am the person I want them to have. To, I will be there if they need me at any point you need to not do this need to not do that and I'm like no like no I am not I'm not a teacher I am not I'm a coach mind your own damn business I'll do my thing like we're making you look good shut your mouth like that's kind of how I feel about the politics of uh schools mm -hmm. so like I said this year's been fun <laughs> you're not yeah you're not doing anything wrong you no, know but with, with politics right you never know what kind of parent is going to be like oh my daughter was at her house and she did this to her or I get that but that's a risk I'm willing to take in order to be there for those girls mm -hmm. and I I'm more often than not, any high school athlete that I know that wrestled, their wrestling coach is still somebody who they still can go to because mm -hmm. they like practically die in front of them every day. You know, like they know that they're going to be there to pick them up. They're going to be there no matter what. 
same with college. Like I, I'm very, very rarely seen where an athlete from college in wrestling hasn't really bonded with their coach. And so, um, yeah, that's, I just won't, I will not push my, um, core, what do you want to call it? Uh, like your values values. Thank you. Uh, away because it doesn't meet the woke trend, the new trend, the whatever it is that's going on. That's not me as a person. And that's not me as a coach. And so ultimately we're very successful. So there's nothing that I'm not going to change. I am who I am. Mm -hmm. If I end up in prison, so be it. Gosh, I hope not. I know. <laughs> Tell my brothers, like I'm just <laughs> that. Well, that that's just awesome that you care about your athletes that much. That sometimes can be lost in in coaching is you get caught up in other things and you and you lose sight of what it's all about and it's the kids and it's the athletes and it's you know and it's. It's, it's not about I, me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things I want to talk about before we end about you is um, I did mention I had a question about your brother, Garrett. I talked to one of his college teammates, um, AJ Gregg, um, who was his college teammate at Luther. And he said that Garrett was one of the most talented wrestlers he ever competed with. But he also said he never warmed up. No. Is that <laughs> he said that. Garrett never warmed up because his thought was you wouldn't warm up for a street fight. So <laughs> and I just was wanting to confirm from another source that that was the case. Okay. So when I send you this Steve thing, farmer Steve, yeah, you're going to get it. Literally. That's my whole family. Like we are street fighters. Like I am out wrestling with the girls and, and yes, all of us unconventional, like, Garrett had his own move. It was called the Dirty South. It was a half roll. I mean, and people <laughs> would train against it, like train, train, train against it. And it was unstoppable. Like that's how he won his national championship. And um, and and they how it got his name was they're like, oh, that's dirty. That's dirty south. <laughs> dirty south. Like that's how it came about. And and he is a funk wrestler, and so is my dad. And come to find out so am I because I've never like really competed but when I go live with my girls they're like what the heck was that and I'm like I don't know but I know what you did wrong so that I could do that <laughs> like that is, get your butt down or whatever you know like or get your hips up or whatever it is and um yeah and Garrett actually paid me a really high compliment um when I was coaching New Mexico he said at one point and coming from Gary, this like means a lot. And, uh, I think if girls would have been able to wrestle her, that you would have been really good. And I was like, Thanks. <laughs> 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 so it, it's really cool. It's awesome to have that. And, and, and Garrett, like he is, he's very non-conventional, but now he's like, I don't know how to explain it. Like he, values the 
wrestling and all that kind of stuff but he's like now he's into business mode like mm -hmm. he loves wrestling he still goes back to all the luther events those are his family his boys over there like uh ryan lebeau and um who else uh danny adams and like all those kids that he graduated with um are his boys like and forever family you know and uh, coach mitchell I love that dude. He's awesome. Like I just, so we went to the first ever Luther camp for girls this summer. And, um, I saw the Decora head coach and I literally thought it was Danny Adams. Cause all the Adams brothers look alike. So that was Gene Adams. And I was like, Hey Danny. He's like, I'm not Danny. I was like, Oh, Oops. oh you look a lot like him. <laughs> my bad so yeah but it's so cool because like you make those connections and then like danny's daughter was wrestling my daughter so it was like south versus adams and they were college roommates and then Adam and then danny was actually on the same high school stand as garrett in high school like it, like all of these things just are constantly coming and resurfacing and it's mm -hmm cool when it actually happens so yeah wow that's funny i know <laughs> what a right? story um <laughs> um and the last thing i i saw was that you actually grappled with holly Holm. Yeah, i did how crazy was that <laughs> and this was holly Holm before she was like you know mma holly Holm knocking out ronda right. rousey holly Holm, like Right. So when um Holly, so Holly is a professional boxer prior to mm -hmm. MMA, right? And a beast. Like she was just amazing. How I met Holly was I was I did a um a charity boxing event where it was police officers versus firefighters. So I was <laughs> a police boxer. I was the main event co-main event. And um I was fighting this Bernalillo County fire fighter and she um sorry they don't they don't play softball like they used to it's not like a softball you know normally they do like firefighters versus police and it's a softball game but apparently down no, in we North like North. to beat the crap out of each other down there yeah because <laughs> they talk a lot of crap a yeah. lot a lot and they don't do anything <laughs> they play with hoses and grill and work out and we're the ones that have to be in and go like it's safe boys for you to go into the house now come on and then yeah oh my gosh. Oh. so So it's called the Rumble in the Rio. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my trainer is Chris Luttrell. If you ever want to look, he's a very well-known in New Mexico. He was part of um, the Winkle John and all that um, that trains with Holly. Um, I met George St. Pierre while I was training down there. Like, yeah, um, there's a lot of good. Carlos Condit fights out of there. Um, Diego Sanchez, Jeez. all those people. Huh? I said, geez, like, I wow. know it's, 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 I mean, John Jones, I'm not a fan of him, but he's out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, they are all, so anyway, I'm going in, I'm training with Chris, I don't box. And so Holly brings in her best friend, who's also an amateur boxer. And she's like, you can fight with her. And so I was like, okay, I have to go to work with a black eye and like busted up nose. Cause Holly's best friend just beat the crap out of me. So when, um, oh, by the way, I won later. That's <laughs> fine. 
And so <laughs> down with the firefighters. <laughs> and um, so when she was going MMA, they obviously knew that I was a wrestling coach. So they called me and they're like, hey, um, Holly Holmes going to go MMA. Um, we want her to work with you for a while on wrestling. I was like, okay, mom of four, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here I come to give you so much fun challenges. And the first day I actually like was doing so good. I was like, oh, this is fun. Day two, mm, not so good. Eh, kind of even. Day three, she was already dominating me because mm -hmm. she's just a beast. Like she is solid muscle like she and she's just an amazing person but yes I worked with Holly Home and they called me to help train Holly Home which is also one of those I've made it type scenarios yeah mm -hmm. so um it was a huge honor and I I adore Holly like she is just a good 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 human so it's it's yeah it's cool I have a lot of connections I I've been a lot of places. I've seen a lot of things. I've been in four movies and three TV shows as an extra because the film industry down there is so huge. I've done all kinds of different things just in my short little life of 44 years. So, whoa, whoa, whoa what, what? You were in, you're in four movies and three TV shows. <laughs> just as an extra. Don't they like I, I was, you know, those little tiny people walking around in the back of the movie, like mm -hmm. carrying a briefcase or something? Yeah me wow if you pause it and zoom in you mm -hmm. still can't tell it's me but it's me yeah that's cool what the heck <laughs> like odd thomas swing vote um like there's a few others i was not in breaking bad but all of breaking bad was filmed down there i didn't have the meth look going i guess but uh, um yeah yeah i really need to tweak uh, out and lose some teeth if i wanted bit. to be in that one yeah mm -hmm. um but other than that it was kelly's <laughs> like why did i interview this girl <laughs> oh um damn i don't know that's all i could say <laughs> and now did you ever think maybe you should go that route you know movies yeah oh it'd be awesome it's hard to get in that like it's um like down there like you have to have an agent and you have to go to all these different things and ultimately like every actor you know that hard knocks of not like living in a cardboard box it's it's true like until you get that breaking role, like it's, it doesn't pay anything. It's just really fun. Like, um, gosh, and I can't even remember people's names anymore. Too many hits to the head, but um, the Green Goblin from Spider-Man, DeVoe. Wonderful. William DeVoe. Yeah. yeah, I ate lunch with him because um, we were on, wow. on Thomas, on Thomas, um, and so we all get this like catering that comes in and we're sitting there and I'm like, that's the green album. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> I associate one actor with one role. And like, I'm like, he's a bad guy. Like instantly, mm -hmm. like that's how I think yeah. in my head, you know, and he's all smiling and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and he <laughs> talked to us for a while. So that was really cool. And um, like, uh, 
another cool thing was I lived because as police officers, we got to live on military bases down there for protection. And um, the movie with Adam Sandler. Um, oh, my gosh. I just lost the name of it, too. Yard. Longest Long Yard. Yard. Longest Yard. Yeah. It was filmed in our backyard in that prison. What? So, yeah. So, like, all of these, like, cool things. Like, it, it, I got to be involved in a lot of cool things. So, it was fun. Now yeah. I'm back to Anita. I mean, there's cool things, but not as cool as <laughs> not like that. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. No one's filming in the, you know, Adam Sandler the movies in my backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a what a story! What a life that you've had so far. Yeah, so no, you didn't know you were getting into this, were you? No, this is this was. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. This has just been awesome. A, lot, I mean, a, a little bit of both some bittersweet some you know trials and tribulations and overcoming and it's just everything it's just been uh it's been amazing you oh, know thank you. so for the opportunity i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> yeah of course like you're you're 100 right i i didn't quite know what i was getting and and that's kind of the fun of it you know you, yeah. you, never, you think you know but then you talk to somebody and you're like wow you you have no idea and then that's why i like doing this and yeah Sharing stories. Yeah. I appreciate you being so open and, and, and vulnerable and, and transparent about, about it all. I know that can be tough. Yeah. Know, but. No. I mean, I think the more people know you, the more they'll respect you. Like once they see where you've come from and I'm not just this cocky girl that walks around and acts like I own the place. Like mm -hmm. I actually am a human. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I smile a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But uh, I also like don't. Yeah, I so for Christmas this year I got my dad um, third row seats to the Iowa Iowa State duel. So I we were thought there I saw you. you. I thought I saw you, and I think that's what triggered me to send you a message. I was like, oh my I god! I was wondering. I was just gonna ask you if you saw me on ESPN, mm -hmm. and that's why mm -hmm. you <laughs> busted. Yes, yes, I saw you. I think it was. Obviously, I think it was especially during Real Woods match, ironically or coincidentally, whatever. You know? I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like this. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were missing a chunk of your hair. I didn't want to say anything. But... I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's just. <laughs> no, yeah. Real was, uh, is wrestling and that he, I just love that kid. I, I, he's, he is just a good, good person. And mm -hmm. like, he, obviously he puts on a show and and he's human too i think he was so worked up my whole team came to watch him wrestle he put on a camp for us this last summer our team bonding was that we went and watched real wrestle i i would say we got them all tickets where so you went up and they weren't third row only coach row, <laughs> but they're up in general admission and all wearing their real shirts and um it was just super awesome and um his family came up from New Mexico. And so it was so much fun. And then I was getting blown up with unattractive pictures of me. Cause when I'm coaching, <laughs> I make the weirdest faces or even watching wrestling. I'm like, like I'm helping him. I'm like, like doing all kinds of weird stuff and I'm like, stop sending me pictures, people, please. Like I'm getting really self-conscious right now. I felt like I had to be like this. Yeah. The whole time watching wrestling. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. What a match that was. And I mean, the, 
guy who was wrestling the Ekamendia was just uh his arm, he just looks like a big 41 pounder. And I was like, okay, this will be interesting. I know. He is definitely built different than real. Real is so strong, but like, he's gonna kill me. Like his leg, he like he like <laughs> his little legs when he's like getting like I'm like, how's he gonna get out of that? And he does because he's technical. He's a very technical wrestler and wow. he's just a very intelligent wrestler like he brings a different whole different element to the table like he really trains on a different um level of other people like most people do this so he does this to try and like you know what i mean like his whole camp was like that like so just a plug for real if he's even doing camps next year because i think he's gonna try and get to the olympics Ooh. but um yeah i know right <laughs> um but yeah, uh, he puts on an amazing camp. I like the kids absolutely. Like, he's so good with kids, and it was so funny because I was like, I think I'm gonna have to have a youth day, and, and he's like, awesome, those are my favorite, and I'm like, oh, thank God, because I was dreading it. Like, I want to babysit 200 kids, like, <laughs> oh. and he's like, no, they're literally my favorite ones to do, and he does so well with them he's like a big kid out there playing with them and going with them and and so like he's definitely an asset if you were willing to bring him in but i just and his whole family's great i just i think they're the world of them yeah that that's good to hear you know he, yeah. he that way too you know like just when you watch him before the duel he was talking with david carr and you know just just seems like a really down to earth a, a, a genuine person which is yeah which so. is awesome. I love that. Like, yeah. there's no need to be crazy. Like, of course, they're showmen. They're going to be showmen. And that's what why we love the sport. Like, but ultimately, when the doors are closed and everybody's, then they're wrestlers. Like, then they all, like, you put us in on the strip in Vegas and you have two wrestlers. Like, you're like, hey, like, you're going <laughs> to talk and be like, hey, what's up? Unless they're from Nebraska, then uh, maybe. Kidding! <laughs> <laughs> I got two Nebraska wrestlers I like. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan being one of them. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, I know you're probably like, hurry up, lady. An no, hour no. I, I've, I've had people go two hours. I think I had one person go three hours. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't have oh, any. Yes. Yeah. So. Hey. Yeah. Thanks. So. Also, um, my son wrestles for Wayland Baptist. He's a junior. And then my daughters both decided to go out for wrestling last year. Never. I mean, me being a coach, you would have thought they tried it when they were in youth. Mm -hmm. And Nadia was like five. And Lil was seven. And Lil walked into the wrestling room and she got partnered with Oh boy. And she's like, I don't know what to do, mom. Oh my gosh. I was like, get out, get out. Like, you don't get to be in here. Like, you know exactly what to do. And I was like, you don't play stupid in front of boys. <laughs> like that's <laughs> so, that was the end of her youth career. And then um, she didn't really care for it anyway. Like she, that was not her forte. Nadia actually really liked it, but she got put into a tournament a little early and some kid came out and just manhandled her and then she's like i don't want to do that anymore and i was like okay babe you know you don't have to like that's okay and then mom became the coach and um liliana was like i'll 
try it. And then Nadia wasn't going to. And I was like, okay, this is the one thing I'm, this is what I do to try and get girls to go out. Cause every rebuttal a girl gives me is I don't know how I wouldn't be good or, um, I wouldn't be good at it. I don't know how, or I don't know any moves. Okay. Um, so I haven't played this game where one of them gets down on all fours and the other one gets on top and I start him in the referee's position, even though that's whatever. It's like the only rule that there is, is you can't touch hands. Just try and keep them down. The other person tries to stand up. The other person just don't touch hands and they'll go and, and wrestle and, and for like 30 seconds or whatever. And I'll be like, well, you just wrestled without knowing any rules. So, except for the touching hands rule, which is really a rule. Don't touch your hands while you're wrestling, you know? And so after I do that with the girls, usually they're like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. And then they all want to do it with each other. And so that's what I do when I go recruit is I put, I ask them for a mat and I'm like, okay, anybody who's interested, come down here. This is what we're going to do. And literally I got a whole room for girls just from doing that one drill to prove to them that they don't have to know how to wrestle and they can wrestle without knowing anything about it. And so um, I had Nadia do that drill with Addie Lundquist, who was, you know, a state uh, place winner and always like in the mix. And she did the uh, night of conflict and all that kind of stuff. And um, Nadia got on top of her and Addie is always an amazing partner. Like she's a teacher. She will be an amazing coach whenever she decides to coach. She's currently wrestling at Sioux Falls University. But um, Nadia got on top and was riding her out and loved it. So now I have two girl wrestlers too. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. There's the secret. I know. Right. <laughs> and then my other son could care less about wrestling. Care less. But he was a La Cueva state champion rugby player. So I still had influence in his life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Wait, so they had rugby down like at the high school level down in New Mexico? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's it's growing. Even in up here, there's there's rugby at the high school level. Like one of my really good friends is coach for Southeast Polk um rugby team. And um it's always been a little bit bigger up north. Like Iowa Falls, I think, has had a high school team for quite a while, but the cities are starting to get clubs. It's not sanctioned by high schools, but it's a club sport like soccer. Um, in most of the areas, um, but it's growing. And I think, I think it's going to grow fast because it's an amazing sport. I, I absolutely love rugby. Like it was by far, all of my teammates are still my closest friends. And like, I just, it's a very camaraderie sport as well. And a, a gentleman's sport. Like there's very, you never see fights. Mm -hmm. like we all host a party for the team afterwards like it's it's definitely an alcohol problem like when you start playing rugby <laughs> I guess there's a lot for that involved and uh it was so much fun and so I also coached rugby in New Mexico because not a lot of people know how to play rugby mm -hmm. so I helped coach rugby and so I was in on that circle and then the wrestling circle and then a lot of them went to both so that helped out a lot and um yeah I just they go hand in hand right actually as anybody preaches wrestling is the best sport to go with any other sport for conditioning for football if you want to tackle right like just anything so I just 
those are the two sports that I love. Mm-hmm. I don't love were- track. <laughs> Sorry, that was just random. Like you just <laughs> I don't love track. <laughs> All right. I like track. Okay. Yeah, I didn't note it. Um did you say you were a two-time national champ in rugby? Oh, I was a one-time, but then the the year after we I graduated, they won it. So we gotcha. the UNI team won back-to-back national championships. I was on the first team. Nice. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. And that year we were division two and we throttled everybody. And so after that year, they bumped us up to division one because <laughs> yeah. they're like, this isn't fair anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we were just smoking everybody. And come to find out when I was coaching rugby in New Mexico, this girl came up to me and she's like, were you on the UNI rugby team? And I was like, yeah. And I, she'd heard it from her friend, from her, whatever, the, the other coaches. She's like, you guys killed us at the national championships. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'd like to say I'm sorry, but I'm right. not. Like, yeah. I don't know what to say at this point. Like, good game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's super fun in a small world. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest Tiffany Stout for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook page to get more of my content. And don't forget, check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care. See you next time.